Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game. Here on the Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Again, circles in the shot and scores! Holy Mackinac, he's got two! And the Leafs open a four to two lead! Yeah, at this point, Joe Bowen doesn't even need to see his name. You know it's going in, you know who it's from. The resume continues to go for Austin Matthews, folks. Another four point night, two and two again. That his sixth game winning goal of the season. Leafs smother the Habs. By a score of 5-3 to three here, it's time to break it all down. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Nick Alberga, joined alongside Gord Stellick on Twitter at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stellick. Producer Sam McKee and technical off Tom Young along for the ride as well. Again, we're about 30 minutes or so away from Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. He'll drop by, share his thoughts, and another dominant performance for Toronto's top line. And Gord, that was hilarious at the end. Uh, everybody on the ice um, looking at Austin Matthews trying to get him that hattie tonight. <laughs> You know, that that was funny at the end, but let's go to the second period. Talk about a long for the ride, Nick. Like, wow, mm. no score after one period of play. The Leafs have a two-man advantage for a good amount of time, and could that have not been a worse start oh. to two-man? And, and give Montreal credit at that point. Like, it was unbelievable. And then, wouldn't you know, with one second of all things, they get that Austin Matthews goal. So now they're one man uh, with one second left in the first penalty. And so then they got a one-man advantage. They score. So now it's 2 nothing. And then all of a sudden... The Montreal Canadiens and that situational awareness thing I talked about with the Leafs. I mean, it evaporated. They get back-to-back breakaways. Now you got a 2-2. And then we'll talk about it. You got the goal under review. Then the goal is good. Then the goal under double dog (laughs) dare you review. And the goal is bad. And it's not allowed. And and it's just so uh, that's one of the best coaches challenges. Maybe as good a coach a challenge as a Toronto Maple Leaf coach has had. Yeah, all around, it was a confusing Saturday for me as a hockey fan from why in the world did you start the game at Lake Tahoe if the ice was like that to this one where I just was in utter confusion considering, Gord, we saw that like two days ago and they disallowed it. But we got to the right right call on the ice, right? No goal. You had one side who was happy and content with the Maple Leafs and Montreal was not too pleased. And here we go again with the, the rotostelic turning point of the night, right? Yes, yes, yeah. She would, <laughs> she would think that's the turning point of the and and so you know. You, but you're wondering, and again, we don't get to get in the discussions as as yeah. far as it goes. So, so Graham Skilleter and Eric Furlat were the referees. Now, I think the first time they're looking, did it go across the line? I think they're looking mm-hmm. at their own behest. So I, I believe that's yes. what they're doing. So even if they, upon video review, uh, might pick up goaltender's interference, they really can't do anything unless there's a formal challenge. And then at that point, when it was and you saw Kyle Dubas's response because they were pissed because, to the point, it just happened against the Leafs with that Joe Thornton play. So then the officials look at it again. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that is a huge, huge turning point. And, and, and it was a long delay, but it wasn't like it was a long delay because there were two different reviews of it. And uh, lo and behold, it was 4-2 instead of 4-3. And that really took the momentum out of them. It really did, didn't it? I thought, anyway, I thought it took the momentum out of the Montreal Canadiens. The Leafs got it back, and, and um, well, they were on kind of not cruise control, but they, they had the control of the game the rest of the way. Again, that's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9. The fan, if you're just tuning in, the Leafs win again. Uh, this is an encore. 14-3-2 now on the season. Gord, it's crazy how quickly things can change in the standings when you're playing in your division every night. 
Uh, last week, what was it, a, a three-point gap after Toronto lost to Montreal in regulation, and it's now, what, a 10-point gap? My math could be a bit off there, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I know what you mean. And again, to go, uh, okay, there's a couple of things about it. it. It's great. They're banking a lot of points. Uh, they should come in first in their division. Just puts more pressure on them. Or if, you know, well, it shouldn't be pressure. Hopefully they're more ready to win the division, to win a couple of playoff rounds, uh, and then move on and, you know, how they compare against somebody else. Uh, uh, we'll see what gives there. I, I, yeah. So it's funny, Nick, uh, when I go back to the night, it's not like I'm going back to 67. Okay. So many years ago, about the last Stanley cup win, but back then it was a six team NHL, which is kind of like this, this season, right? They're playing for all intents and purposes in a seven team NHL. And to put it in context that year, the first round up, they upset the Chicago Blackhawks who finished 29 points ahead of them. Okay, so the series against Montreal, Chicago, Chicago was the big team. That was the big upset. And a matter of fact, that uh, got the Phil Esposito trade. They got pissed at his performance in the playoffs, and they traded him to the Boston Bruins in one of those most lopsided deals. So my point just saying it's great having all this, you know, and that, but their last Stanley Cup was at, was at the expense of a team that dominated in the regular season. You're right, and I think most importantly, I would preach to Leafs Nation, enjoy it. Um, you've been along uh, you know, way longer than I have. Can you remember a time where a player for the Maple Leafs has been this hot, this on fire when it comes to point production? Austin Matthews, unofficial 16-game point streak. You know I love to bring up the unofficial part, but 18 goals, 8 assists, 26 points. He has 18 goals in 18 games on pace for 55 goals scored. It's surreal what this guy's doing right now. Yeah, never, never. And, and that's no, no disrespect. Again, we'll go back to the original six. They say Dave, Dave Keon was the greatest Leaf of all time. That's what was voted a few years ago. He was part of a great ensemble that won those four Stanley Cups. Borea Somming, to me, is still the best I saw. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a guy that's going to score you a lot of points in that. So it, it wasn't and, – and also – Hey, there was there, the media back then compared to now. I mean, you know, now mm-hmm. it's 24-7 everywhere, so it was very different. Daryl Sittler certainly uh, capped in a very good era. Wendell Clark, different kind of animal. He wasn't going to dominate you scoring. Doug Gilmore came late in his career and had a couple of good seasons with the Leafs. Then Matt Sandina, I always consider him, you know, underrated for what he did with the Maple Leafs. But no, no, in my lifetime, there has not been an Austin Matthews machine, scoring machine, like this guy's doing in 2021. The only player I can recall was when Owen Nolan came from San Jose and he went off for a couple <laughs> games and then just, you know, the, the rest. But uh, again, oh, I, we just have to enjoy this because I, I think the amazing thing about it, it, and they said it in the broadcast, it's what, six other goalies that he's doing there, seven other goalies, I believe a backup played in there, what he's doing. Uh, but just the, the time and space. And I honestly feel, and, and you, you might chuckle at this, I think we're undervaluing, understating what Mitch Marner has meant. And Gord, we've talked about this at nauseum. We're not poking fun at the old head coach of this team, but it made too much sense to put Matthews and Marner together. I think, you know, I could speak with you in saying it, we're not shocked that you put these two together and this is the result a year later. And by the way, with his two goals tonight, uh, mm. Austin Matthews, our stats with Stevie Fellin, uh, yeah, so two two goalies he scored 12 against. One is Craig Anderson, and the other now is Carey Price. So the, wow. Yeah, so he's going against the best as far as getting his most goals. Then it's Braden Holpe with eight, Ben Bishop, Jimmy Howard, Martin Jones, all with six. So, wow, it's uh, Montreal, and granted, they're in the same division, so you play them a bit more. Funny you mention that on a day that Mike Babcock's going back to Saskatchewan. Like he's gonna he's gonna taking a volunteer job as the University of Saskatchewan's coach, so he'll move back there in May. That's where he started from, and you know I you know I 
I don't know if he's going to carry on his NBC job, what the Saskatoon or Regina flights do. I'm sure they're fine. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's where he's going. But I, 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 it annoyed me, his stubbornness that way. Nick, to your point, I agree with you 100%. Like, he just had this, you know, he, he had this thing in the first year or two. I didn't mind. I didn't mind his sermons from the Mount. You know, his, his <laughs> yes. it, was, it was kind of interesting, and the team kind of needed it. But then after a while, he, he almost resented that those players were getting bigger than him. He, he liked it. You know that he was the he was the highest paid guy the one year higher than any player on the team and uh, I I don't know he just just he said no no you know what they're gonna come along the Babcock way and that bit him in the ass last year uh, and you know didn't finish the season so I sometimes sometimes things you know we're, we're not that dumb as fans all the time like sometimes things that look commonsensical uh, they actually are commonsensical. Totally right, and uh, I feel bad for the backup goalie, whoever may be at that university. He is going to be in tough to get starts and playing time and probably some quotes from his head coach. I can't wait to hear the Babcock-isms that come on social media from his stay over there, how long it, it, it may be. And certainly, again, if you're just tuning in, the Maple Leafs winning 5-3 the final here, now 14-3-2 and on the season, now 10 points up on the Montreal Canadiens in the standings. The Habs do have a couple games in hand. That's important to note, but still, you can only control what you can control. Uh, the big story, clearly, Gord, as you know, the second period. And I, I think you're so right. And I was going to bring it up to the start to that five on three to kick off. The second was dreadful. No zone entries. Montreal did a great job. Next thing you know, you know, Marner to Matthews, it's one nothing. But the big key for me was the fact that they scored that goal with one second remaining on that five on three to prolong the power play which led to the Travis Boyd goal. And it was just mayhem in the first five minutes. You had two goals in 15 for Toronto and the the response from Montreal, two goals in 33. Oh, and who, who knocked the puck down to set up the Travis? Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Austin He's Matthews. Everywhere. Yeah. 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 Plain defensive back when they tried to wire it down in the quick turnaround. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to go back over that, like just look at it again. So Austin Matthews scores at one Oh three. Now the first minute, it's about as bad a two-man advantage as you can have. Now, he scores. Then Travis Boyd, 17 seconds later, with a one-man advantage. Then Kakanyemi at 324. So you're talking barely two minutes later. And then at 357, so you're talking 23 seconds later, Paul, I just got put on waivers but went through Byron, his first. Of, I like Paul Byron, but his, his <laughs> first of the season. Name? And then Mitch Marner uh, at 731. That was really, I mean, like bang, 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 bang from a 0-0, not a snooze vest. You know, this is a game, as we talked about Carey Price, and I kind of like I kind of like this way, Nick, because it means it's an exciting yeah. game when you come when, like when you when you leave the game and you're just talking about so many different elements about it. Freddie Anderson kicked butt in the first period. He did. Freddie yep. Freddie Anderson had a had a great 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 first period. Yeah, and that was a stunning part for me, Gord, is how good both goalies were in the in the first period, and the fact that the goals in this game were really not indicative of the net miners. Like I thought they were all snipes, odd man rushes. You look at the Habs goals there in the second, not much chance for either guy. I think both goalies. Uh, you know, I know it was a 5-3 game. I think they deserve a lot of credit, especially um, in, in that first period. And, and certainly, I think when you look at the Maple Leafs, you know, the, one of the things I was looking forward to seeing Zach Hyman back in the lineup, uh, evidently enough, takes another shot off the foot, oh, but he's man. a warrior. He comes back. You know, one thing I'll pull from this game, I, I you know, I have more time to listen and look on Alex Kerfoot on the second line, a quiet four-game point streak for him. Two and three, but I did not like what I saw from that new look third line. Hyman, McKayev, and Engvall, Gord, they struggled to get the puck out of their own zone, and that's tough for me to see if that's your shutdown line. Yeah, you know, and I'm uh, okay, here's one again. I hate to pile on, but Jimmy Vesey was minus three. 
And he had the wow. least ice time of any forward, 10 minutes, 26 seconds. And any, anyway, I mean, I, I take it he probably was on for that third goal Montreal scored late in the game. But, wow, yeah. that that's that just jumps out at you. But, yeah, you know, again, that's going to be uh, what is, I say, a challenge, but I, I guess an element of a challenge. It doesn't, doesn't happen overnight that – that uh, Sheldon Keith mentioned it last year, uh, just before the pause happened about needing a third more from the third and fourth line. We saw it. He mentioned it in the play-in series against Columbus. So they brought a lot of new, you know, new parts to try, and um, they're trying them. And some nights were were waxing poetic about some pretty good performances, mm-hmm. but others, yeah, it's it's still it's still a work in progress. It is, and uh, not a work in progress is Toronto's top line. And uh, coming up later on in the show, well, we'll talk to Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, break it all down. We'll hear from the Zoom calls, uh, namely Sheldon Keefe, his thoughts after another Maple Leafs victory, uh, especially the way this week started. A very positive conclusion, certainly the Maple Leafs after that collapse. They still pick up a point and still pick up ground here on the Montreal Canadiens in the standings. But that top line, the new look top line, if you will, Gord, Matthews, Marner, and Thornton have now combined for 19 points over the last two games. The chemistry is growing by the shift. I thought the first couple shifts, they were utterly dominant. And I, that's great news that you look at a 41-year-old like Joe Thornton, I wondered if he can keep up with these kids. I think he's done an excellent job of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and, and he loves playing with them, and I think they like playing with him. That And so two years ago, Mitch Marner had a great year with John Tavares, and I think that's great to be able to play with a guy like John Tavares. But I've also said Joe Thornton just brings that fun-loving thing uh, like off the ice, but also on the ice. You see him in the morning skate, like he's in everyone's face, chatting all the time. And I, and 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 I just think it's just been a real, real, real healthy uh, kind of addition in that to get that experienced guy with the young guys. Because hey, Sheldon Keith, another line he said is, "We're not a mature team off the ice." And what better way than get the right kind of veteran players to just just a little thing that way. And it didn't mean the guys are immature. It just means a lot's expected about young guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and has been expected, you know, two, three years ago, because they're, they're the studs on the team. And I, I just, I just think uh, it, it shows, I mean, Hey, they're great players. So that's one reason they're getting a lot of points and having success. But, but I just think he's a nice tonic for them right now. And they're a great tonic for him. Speaking of tonic, um, you know, we've talked about you this want before. Drink? Yeah, I would love one okay. actually right now after that win. I feel good about life. Uh, but Travis Boyd Gord is a guy this market didn't know much about. Comes from Washington, a couple seasons in the NHL. You know he's a bottom six guy, but he has really, really impressed me with the fact that, yeah, he's sound defensively. Yeah, he'll play on the PK, but offensively, three goals, three assists, six points, and 11. And, you know, it's, you know, a lot of credit to Sheldon Keith. People wondered why Travis Boyd was taking that Simmons spot maybe on, on PP1. And, um, you know, he continues to produce, and certainly that's big. Uh, you, you look at depth. Uh, certainly this team will go as far as their big guys in the top six. But come the Stanley Cup playoffs, you need all four lines to be a threat at least, right? Yeah, you know, one of the weirdest ones, it was, again, a guy who came from Washington, but you knew him more from Winnipeg. Eric Fair had the best one game that's for fair, the Toronto Gordon. May Police. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Like, he had yeah. the best one game, and then he got mm-hmm. hurt. Because whoever was playing on that line got hurt in three consecutive yeah, games. Yeah, Just coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I just unfortunately wasn't able to. And uh, well, one game's not not a lot, but he obviously made an impression. And and you're right. I mean, in Boyd's case, this is what your pro scouting's about. And and full marks on whoever was doing that about Zach Hyman, because that's just a phenomenal, oh. phenomenal thievery that they did to the Florida Panthers. Maybe that's why they gave the old general manager a job with Toronto this year. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, but that's exactly what it comes down to about, you know, uh, scouts out there 
and just looking at, you know, what's, and again, in, in Travis Boyd's case, uh, what, we're at about the one-third mark of the season or close to the one-third, so he's, it's, it's not made a full season that way. But, yeah, he's, he's, brought a lot of, he's brought a lot of little elements there that have been positives, and he's in the mix because the third and fourth line, as mentioned, are not a finished product, and it's, they're open for business. And, you know, you mentioned Mikhaev again today, and I, I love the guy, but i got to also say he's, you know, he's been an uneven product too at times this year. So, um, you know, going way back when to Berg, Zezel, Osborne, or the likes of those, of course, the New York Islanders seem to have that, that great line for the ages of Clutterbuck, Zizekas, and Martin, you know, and you're, just, you're, you're hoping you get a line established like that. You're right, and, and I think you look at that bottom six. Like I think even Jason Spezza had a quiet night. I, I know he uh, he hooked up Kerfoot on the uh, on the fifth goal there, um, but I, I think quietly it was a quiet night for him. Um, I think when you look at mainstays, if you want to call them that in the bottom six, because I think you're right. Um, you know, going forward this season, Toronto will find will try to find that that magic tonic, that magic elixir to lead them to the Stanley Cup playoffs in the bottom or in the tops in the bottom six. Excuse me. I think mainstays right now are Spezza and Boyd. Um, clearly, I think Hyman clearly there, McKeev clearly there, and then Engvall and VC. Uh, you know, I still wonder about now. Nick Robertson to me, Gord, at some point in time. He's going to get back in this lineup. Um, I know Wayne Simmons is going to get in, and I'd love for Galchenik to get a look at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, Jason Spessy, just 9 minutes, 37 seconds um, of ice time. Maybe maybe he was down because only 40% of the faceoffs usually is about 90 uh, <laughs> as far as that goes. But, yeah, that's just what happens different times. But Galchenik, as much as people go, oh, boy, third overall pick, how many teams has he been with, whatever. I mean, even look what um, – uh, Kovalchuk did, or you know, in, back in Montreal, or just certain you exactly. know, certain guys. If you can, if you can contribute for a little while and do a job, because so many are on like one year contracts and just you know basically that. That's what the league is all about right now. Then that's all you need, like somebody that helps get you to the playoff promised land. And if if they make a difference in one playoff win, if they make that's huge. That's huge. I mean, you, you get enough of those guys that when the big guns don't have the big night there, but someone else who makes a difference. That, to me, that's what the St. Louis Blues did as well as yes. anybody. 16 playoff wins a year and a half ago. And if you broke it down and, you know, some sometimes Craig Berube would just make a lineup change and that lineup, that would work, you know, and that guy would play two games and then he would be a healthy scratch for the next four or whatever, you know, and, and they just they just had kind of had that flow going. Yeah, depth is massive. You know, prime illustration of that is, you know, a value buy in Alex Wenberg. You look at what he's doing right now for the Florida Panthers, already ma- matching his output last year, the entire season with the Columbus Blue Jackets, now with the Panthers. You need to find value up and down your lineup. And so far, the Maple Leafs are doing so. Uh, of note as well, Gord, I think they did a pretty decent job in the third period of shutting things down, especially the way this game was going in the first period. It was wide open. We talked about the goaltending in period two. Clearly, it was really, really wide open with six goals. But I think they pretty they, they did a pretty sound job of closing things down because in the past, they would blow it. And we saw it earlier this week against the Ottawa Senators. Hate to keep bringing that game up. But I thought they did a good job of shutting the door in the third. Yeah, and Nick, the point being, last Saturday was the first time that a third-period lead had evaporated, and they lost, and that was to Montreal. So mm-hmm. uh, it, there was that um, just kind of, um, I'll use that word deportment that I use when Freddie Anderson's playing. Favorite well. word. There was, yeah, that, that, that look the team had, that things were in control, and it wasn't the helter-skelter game, and they had, they had uh, zone awareness and that. There were not odd man rushes and all those things going. It was, it, it, it was the kind of third period you'd want them to play with the lead. Why don't we go over the out-of-town scoreboard, then we'll hit the break, okay? Sounds good. 
So we'll start with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, credit to them. They were thrust into the fire. They were supposed to play Chicago tonight in the back-to-back, a home-and-homer, uh, you know, back-to-back with the Hawks. End up playing Tampa, who has been off since last Monday. But uh, I wouldn't have picked Alex Nedeljkovic to post his first NHL shutout against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but that's what he did tonight, a 4 nothing win. Uh, Nedeljkovic, 24 stops in the game. And uh, how about Nino Niederreiter continues to be on complete fi- uh, fire for the Carolina Hurricanes court? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Nelkovic again the example of why you always want to have a goaltender you're developing from within. You know, Mrazek and Reimer were guys they acquired, but you know that with the Leafs as well, uh, you're hoping that you're always developing someone you can put in. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, like as as you as you mentioned, just um, just those kind of guys they added in 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 trades. You know, just 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 what he did coming up. I know he got an assist in that. Aho had mm-hmm. a goal and assist. Paquette gets a goal, so that's one of those revenge. They, yeah, well, they yeah. said that, right? They just kind of said yeah. he was going to a guy they needed a player like that. So you're going, what are they getting him for? Well, a guy that can make a difference. Vinny Trocek was that kind of guy, and 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 he got a he got a goal again tonight. And we go back to it that Jeff Skinner, and there is good news on the Buffalo Sabers today, but you know that they, they they decided that they could let him go and weren't going to pay him that kind of money, and they just went in and have patched and pieced like Donnie Waddell, uh, underrated, maybe underrated wise, the uh, the top general manager body of work over the last two years. I concur with you because especially, you know, how reasonable he has to be with the budgetary concerns, if you want to call them uh, in that market. I think for what he has, he's done a tremendous job with his contracts and his deals. So Carolina wins 4-0. Uh, San Jose blows the lead, but they end up beating the St. Louis Blues 5-4. Um, the Arizona Coyotes dropping a, a game 4-2 to the LA Kings. couple more points for Drew Doughty on a bounce back season. Andre Kopitar as well. And uh, LA has won four in a row. A big, much-needed victory, Gord. I think we can both agree for the Nashville Predators. They went 4-2 yes. in, in Columbus tonight. Uh, and the owner basically came out, gave David Poyle a vote of confidence. And, you know, you heard him <laughs> talk about it, Elliot and Chris Johnston, Elliot Freeman and Chris Johnston, just that there, there's like three no-touch, or you know, untouchables apparently untouchables, if you're looking. Yeah. To, and one of them is Pekka Rinne. I just, that's just out of respect for his long career there. But, uh, yeah, you're talking Yossi, Roman Yossi, and Ryan Ellis, and that's it. But then the other part, I hate to say, who wants to touch him, you know, with some of the contracts you <laughs> got? Like, so yeah. it's great they're untouchable. Uh, I think a lot of general managers say, well, that works out fine because I'm not interested in touching. I was uh, utterly shocked that Philip Forsberg name was not mentioned there. Uh, but I guess that's the you, one. You, yeah. you got to have some players with value available in the trade market. I don't know how much you're getting for Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne right now. That's for sure. Uh, game 1000 of the career of Sidney Crosby. They weren't losing this game. I know they were down, but there's no way they were losing this game. Two assists for Crosby, a 3-2 win for Pittsburgh. Gord, your thoughts? Uh, they all in the pregame warm-up wore Sidney Crosby jerseys. Uh, and then... Mm-hmm. He caught on. It took him about 20 seconds that they all <laughs> did the identical Sidney Crosby pregame stretches and, and, and rituals. They did it in unison. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah. You don't a, a special night like this. Uh, you, you don't like to see them lose. You know, the person saying, yeah, you know, it's special. Like too bad we lost 8-1. Yeah, they're going to come through and win it. Yeah, knowing Sidney Crosby um, and considering his rituals and, uh, you know, how he does business in this league, I think the money on the board had an eight, had a seven in it, right? It had to be. He's so superstitious, right? I would think so. I would think so. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, The Florida Panthers losing a game they probably would love to have, especially if they want to win their division. But Detroit wins a 2-1 in that one. Uh, The Capitals, as you talked about, Alexi Lafreniere, second of the season in 14 games, a 4-1 win for the New York Rangers. And again, 
uh, the Buffalo Sabres 3-2 over the New Jersey Devils. Nico Heischer named uh, captain, the youngest captain in Devils history, the second Swiss captain in this league, which is great news. And uh, Minnesota 2-0 over Anaheim. That's early in the second period. Edmonton and Calgary, another battle of Alberta, uh, Alberta about to get going. And um, we think the second period of the uh, the game at Lake Tahoe will, will get fired up in less than two hours, Gord. It's one nothing avalanche in the longest first intermission ever. Yeah, is our buddy Darren Millard, is he doing an eight-hour intermission for the Vegas Golden Knights? <laughs> I know that's where he is. They've been on the air. He hasn't called I us yet. Not. So, yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's just hope it's safe tonight because it got really unsafe quickly. And um, we'll see. So I guess we'll, we'll, we'll be able to pick up a late game here on Hockey Night in Canada. We'll be able to pick up a super late night game in uh, Colorado in, in Lake Tahoe. Been a great day of hockey, no doubt about that, with a couple of matinee affairs at 12.30 Eastern start times all the way till now. And we get some more ice and puck coming up at uh, 12 a.m. Don't forget that they're hoping to resume the uh, NHL outdoors at Lake Tahoe between the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. For now, we're going to hit the break. Still to come, again, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. We'll hear some... Uh, um, sound, excuse me, from uh, in the locker room uh, following another impressive victory for the Maple Leafs. 5 3 the final. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. And this is Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. <laughs> Down so much, just 17 seconds left. And not the big boys out for the Leafs, so Matthews will not get his third. But he got two here tonight. The final seconds ticking down, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are full marks for a 5-3 victory here in the Bell Center as BC sends a rebound wide of the goal at the buzzer. Say two, that's it, that's all. The Maple Leafs improving to 14-3-2 on the season. Part of that tidy 5-3 victory, I guess, if you want to call it tidy. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9. The fan Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca is coming up. Gord of note, just relating, relaying stats and information. William Nylander played 13-55, three shifts in the third period. Only three Maple Leafs played less than William Nylander. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> Here we go again. Uh, it's, uh, well, you know, we're talking, Thomas Tatar just got back in the lineup. He'd been, was he two games? He was a healthy scratch. I mean, that's what, that's what coaches are doing. They're not screwing around. Right. You know, and just, um, he is, uh, if you want to call it indifferent or frustrating play at times, uh, that's what you want to call it. But, uh, basically about holding the lead, I imagine was a big part about making the commitment to two-way hockey. And, uh, uh obviously Sheldon Keith felt there were some others that, we're doing it better or the other. Yeah. You know, the other part is he did have a three goal lead for a while and maybe he was just giving other guys more ice time. But I, I think it's a, I think it's a combination. I think he's trying to send a, send a little bit of a message. Yeah. I'm with you on that front. I think I'm somewhere in, in the middle, but I think anytime you see something like that with Nylander, uh, your eyebrows is raised just a tad. My eyebrows always raised uh, talking about Austin Matthews back to back four point nights again, two and two in this one, he has 18 and 18 goals or 18 goals in 18 games so far this season on pace for 55. We have to hear from Austin Matthews. Austin, uh, another big night for you offensively. Uh, Is it even possible for you to describe the zone that you're in right now? Um, You know, I don't, I really don't try to think about it too much, to be honest with you. I just, I think night in, night out, I think the recipe for 
um, you know, for our success has just been us competing and working hard and really just working to get that puck back. And, um, you know, I think we've just uh, been focused on that and, um, you know, it's it's been working and, uh, you know, we're winning games right now, which is the most important thing. So uh, as long as we're winning, um, you know, I'm happy. We're all happy. So we just want to continue that. This is obviously a big game for us tonight. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox at Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Austin. Can you describe the, the impact Alexander Kerfoot's had on the team this year? Yeah, he's been unreal. I mean, he's uh, he's a very versatile. I feel like he can just play up and down the lineup really wherever. He can play penalty kill. He can play power play. Like, he can really uh, you can really stick him wherever. And, um, you know, he's been doing unreal for us. And, you know, he, he gets up there with JT's line and uh, obviously a big goal for him tonight. But I just feel like he's been all over the puck the last couple of games and just been playing really, really well. So, um, you know, he's obviously a really key piece. And uh, when he's playing, uh, you know, like he has been, it, uh, it really uh, it really shows. Go to Terry Koshan, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, hey Austin, just get your quick thoughts on uh, some of the saves Freddie made in the first period to uh, ensure that you guys would stay on the right track. Yeah, he, you know, night in, night out, he's, you know, making some big saves for us. And uh, we really left him out to drive there on a couple of those, uh, you know, just big, big uh, letdowns, if you want to call them. And, I mean, they're walking in on breakaways and two on O's and, um, you know, that stuff, uh, that stuff can't happen and, and that stuff can't fly. But, you know, he came up with some big saves to obviously uh, – to keep us in the game and, and uh, you know, keep our lead uh, to what it was. And, um, you know, like I said, night in, night out, he's, uh, he's been solid for us. And the last one here, we'll go to Josh Clipperton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Austin, you know, the goals are one thing, but you obviously pride yourself on a 200-foot game. Just how important is that to you? You know, you've blocked the pass down on the on Mitch's goal, taking the – or, I'm sorry, on Boyd's goal. You, you know, you take the hit from Weber on, on Mitch's goal. Just playing a 200-foot game, a complete game, how important is that to you? Yeah, it's important. Um, you know, I think the mindset, you know, I, I want to score and I want to produce and, and do the, the, those things. But, um, you know, I've just been trying to do uh, little things that, um, you know, help the team win and, um, you know, put the, put, put the momentum back on our side too. So, um, you know, I think it's more than uh, just scoring goals and stuff like that. But obviously, uh, you know, that's what I'm here to do. That's what I want to do. But, um, you know, just playing that full 200, uh, 200 foot game and just competing night in, night out. Um, and that's really all, uh, all I've been looking at, uh, looking for myself to do. Again, not to be that guy. And again, that was uh, Austin Matthews scored. I would love to be in the building. Uh, and so would the fans to witness what we're seeing right now from Austin Matthews. Well, for starters, what about that second period? I would have loved to have that full house there with about a third of them being Toronto fans or whatever mm-hmm. number. That would have been unbelievable. But you're right about watching something special. And it hit me a couple of years ago because he played every game his rookie season, all 82. And then the second season when he missed his first game and you knew it, and I went to what was then Air Canada, Air Canada Arena, Air Canada Centre. And yes. I felt like a real, I said, I've never felt like this going to a Leaf game about some player not playing. Like to our point earlier, talking about has there ever been a Leaf on this kind of tear, this kind of larger than life personality and ability on the ice. And, you know, that that that's what Austin Matthews meant just a few years ago that way. And that's what we're seeing right now. It's just utterly frightening uh, when he has the puck, when he doesn't have the puck, that sauce pass he made tonight to Joe Thornton. It seems like everything's touching his stick. Uh, it's like all the great players in the league from Wayne Gretzky down, Gord. The puck just just follows Austin Matthews. I'd I'd say Mitch Marner is the same thing. The puck always seems to be on their stick, doesn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I'll give you another example. It just shows we always wonder, not all, but whatever, the Chicago Blackhawks won last night. 
Patrick Kane three points. Like he's doing this every game. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves isn't there. The Blackhawks aren't the team that won three Stanley Cups, but he continues to play at that kind of level. And you can't win without a, 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 a better supporting cast than, you know, like they had in years gone by. They're, but they're a surprise right now. And that's kind of like Austin Matthews will always be that type of player. And you surround him with a few more like they have here, and you got a chance at big things. And, and, and that's just what it reminds me about. It's just that kind of excellence that Patrick Kane still has years later and very quietly. Yeah, I love the fact that he scored that uh, retro goal, if you will, against a team wearing the reverse retros last night. Patrick Kane on a short list for sure in terms of heart consideration. Uh, So is Austin Matthews, and so is this man, Mitch Marner. Uh, Mitch, you mentioned the attitude in the room and how much uh, that's uh, contributing to how well things are going right now. What is it like to uh, come to work every day for you guys? Uh, It's a lot of fun. I mean... uh... I think when we do get on the ice, we know how competitive it is. We keep each other honest. It's, uh, it's 100% work ethic, whatever we're doing. So, um, But when we get off, I mean, it's a lot of fun, a lot of joy to be around everyone. Um, I mean, uh, winning is always fun. But like I said, when, we're, when we are on the ice, we're competing. We're making sure we're doing the right things, and we're trying to get better every day. Next up, we'll go to Josh Clipperton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Mitch, we're running out of words to describe uh, what Austin's doing right now. Can you just put it into context, what he's doing? I mean, I think no one can um, get him the puck. It's like uh, it's kicking and screaming, get the get the ball to the Russians. I think it is. I mean, get the puck to Matt's um, guys on fire right now, obviously. Um, but I think uh, his overall play just been really good for us, um, helping on the D zone a lot. I mean, I think when our line comes out of our zone with the puck in our hands, we're pretty pretty confident that we can do some pretty good things in the offensive zone. So um, we just want to keep working together, supporting each other, talking to each other, but. Uh, I mean, uh, everyone's been saying the shot's been pretty special for a couple of years now, so it's no surprise now to me. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Mitch, on your goal, Austin uh, takes the hit from Weber at the blue line there to, to set it up for you. What did you see on that sequence from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've been talking all night about quick ups, trying to get them on changes. Uh, it's a great quick up by Bogo to Mats. Um, you know, I think uh, we try and talk to each other quite a bit out there on the ice, but off the ice, we try and know what we're going to be going up against most nights. So uh, we're trying to be ready for pitches most times. But uh, Matt, I think, saw him coming there. I was talking to him. It's a great little area pass. And, um, you know, I think that's one of my first kind of look offs on a two on, but luckily enough, it worked out. There's Mitch Marner. I, I think it's only fitting, Gord, that uh, the lineage of this franchise that Austin Matthews, his nickname is Matt's, right? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know? I know, I know, I know. It's uh, anyway a little, little bit, little bit more original. So I, I always, I always love the nicknames that are made by teammates. <laughs> You're right. Um, speaking of nicknames, uh, whatever you want to call him, Curfee. Alex Kerfoot, uh, that's probably his nickname because he always added Y to hockey player um, nicknames, but a four-game point streak, Gordon. I like what I've seen from Kerfoot um, on the second line recently. I know Tavares, I know Nylander have struggled, but Kerfoot's had some nice jump, and I like what he's doing on the power play a bit too. Yeah, yeah, he's getting that chance that way to be, you know, what we thought he was going to be last year, a bit more uh, a bit more of a regular cog. And, yeah, this, this like, last year for him and Tyson Berry was just basically a wasted regular season, unfortunately. And don't forget the Leafs' uh, next action will be on Monday night against the uh, seemingly fragile 
Calgary Flames were already down 2-0 early in the first period. Another battle of Alberta, and they lost last night. So keep that in mind as we move forward here. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. A 5-3 win here for the Maple Leafs over the Montreal Canadiens. They've won three in a row. They are 14-3-2 on the season with the break and hope to be joined after it by Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan. Blue and white at night. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and the Leafs Radio Network. Six seconds left in the first penalty. Matthews, or at least Barner, across ice pass, scores! He's done it again! Austin Matthews with the one-timer, and the Maple Leafs are on the board, and the big fella has got... Goal number 17. I'd love to see an NHL outdoor game on the moon someday because Austin Matthews is playing out of this world. Two and two again tonight, back-to-back four-point nights, up to 18 goals in the season. The Leafs top the Canadians 5-3. Pretty much the only way to keep pace, by the way, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in terms of goal scoring and points in the league. Again, this is Leafs Nation. Postgame continues on Sportsnet 590. The fan Nick Alberga and Gord Stone. Happy to bring in now Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca to get his thoughts on another Maple Leafs victory. And I don't know about you, Luke. I've run out of words to explain the kind of dominant terror that Austin Matthews is on right now. Isn't it something? Oh. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot was saying, like, it just feels like he's playing a different game than everyone else on the <laughs> ice. Um, and that first goal, he was, like, clocked back and, and ready for that one timer. It's like if you're watching – on TV, or I'm sure the people in the Bell Center, they saw that one coming, uh, like five seconds before it happened. It's just like all Mitch had to do was get him the puck, and bam. Um, what, what's impressive is uh, how far he is uh, away from the net when he shoots a lot of these these pucks that are beating goalies clean. Um, you know, William Elander said the other night that he's just picking goalies apart, that they don't stand a chance. Uh, his shot is something. I, I don't think we've seen a shot like this since, since Alex, Alex Ovechkin, really. Um, and it's a different different kind of shot, but uh, just, a, just a pure goal scorer. We're just mentioning other things. Like two years ago, Mitch Marner was in the top 10, but this year's kind of getting dwarfed by Matthews, even though his play is exceptional. Freddie Anderson today, especially in the first period, how he played, and also holding a lead in the third period. There are a lot of other elements. Everyone... But Austin Matthews dwarfs everything, but there are other, like I said, positives to look at, especially in this game. Absolutely, Gord. I mean, Marner had, had a three-point night and a beautiful goal. He's had a couple beautiful goals this week, and no one's really talking about him. Alexander Kerfoot has quietly had a four, four-game point streak and is playing, you know, for my money, the best hockey he's ever played since he came over in the trade a year and a half ago. Uh, Freddie Anderson, you know, he, he was stellar in that first period, and the Leafs were kind of giving up some odd man rushes and some really great A chances. And, and you know, it could be a totally different game if Toronto doesn't get the lead um, on that power play, uh, if, if Freddie wasn't sharp early on. So th- there's a lot of good things. Um, and, and I really like Mitch Marner's comments after the game saying that, there's less individual selling going on after the goals. It's more like group hugs and stuff. He said that the joy around this team uh, is, is kind of at a high right now. And, you know, that, that comes with winning. But you can feel it, right? Like, th- these guys are on a roll right now. There's a confidence level uh, that's kind of seeping right throughout the lineup. 
make hockey fun again. I love it. Uh, I don't know if the same could be said about William Nylander, um, as you just yeah. put out on Twitter. Uh, what do you make of this? William Nylander, 1355, he just tweeted his lowest since December 14th of 2019, Luke. Yeah, and it's no accident. It's not as if Sheldon lost him on the bench there. He sat him for the better part of nine minutes. I think maybe it was 8.45 at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Forced him to sit, sit a couple shifts there that he normally would have got. Um, and it's not injury-related. It, it, it is because of his performance. He said he really liked his legs early on and, and liked some of the things he, he had seen, but this isn't the first time that his defensive play uh, was lacking. You know, Sheldon wants an early lead. You know, he, he loves the guys to go out and seize the lead and take control of the game early. But once they have a lead, he thinks that's a, a big area for growth with this team. He wants them to, to cling to it and make the safe play. And he wasn't seeing that from William Elander. Um, and he sat, he sat him. And, you know, he was kind of guarded with his comments. He didn't want to go too deep. But um, he's seeing better defensive play from other forwards. Um, so, it, you know, actions speak a lot louder than words. And I'm sure William Elander felt, felt the pain of, of uh, you know, basically a half period of benching. Uh, it uh, might have been the best uh, uh, review, Coach's Challenge, by Sheldon Keefe, too. Yeah. Boy, that, that, that was a huge, huge turning point. The goal that counted, then double dog dare didn't. I don't know. I, that, that's, I mean, I love a lot of things about the NHL, but that one frustrates me. It's like you, you have to look at it twice. I, I just think they should just review the whole situation. Was, was there goalie interference? You know what I mean? Like, what were they looking mm-hmm. at the first time? It's just bizarre to me. Um, and I love Kyle Dubas' reaction when it, originally it was a good goal because Joe Thornton had a very similar play uh, where the goal was called back. So, I, I think they got it right in the end in terms of consistency, but uh, I just don't like how you know they review it once automatically, and then you have to issue a formalized goalie interference challenge. You better uh, be specific with what you're challenging, and then you can get it right. It's a little bit convoluted, I think, especially when you're trying to grow the game and attract new viewers. I mean, you and I follow this game every night. Imagine if you were... Uh, you know, kind of a new viewer popping in to check it out, you'd be a little confused by the rules. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was just about to make. And uh, we'll leave it at that, Luke. Uh, thanks so much for your time and appreciate it. All right. Have a good night. You guys staying up for the outdoor game? Period. Oh, time? yeah. Absolutely. I've got no curfew. <laughs> oh, yeah. No curfew at my age. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Take care, Luke. We love you. That's Luke, uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. That's Gord Selleck. I'm Nick Alberga. Before we wrap things up here, um, Luke was mentioning it. Uh, Sheldon Keith spoke a couple minutes ago. Let's hear a bit of it right now. Sheldon, after a, a pretty wild second period, what did you see from your team down the stretch that you liked that they got them out of here with two points tonight? I thought we just settled the game down. You know, I, I didn't like the chaos that was the second period you know once we got our, our lead I think we, we've got to do a better job with that uh, but uh, in, the th- in the third period we were really good in that regard we just kind of sucked the life out of the game which is what you want to do when you've got a lead against a team like this especially a fresh team that we knew was going to have lots of legs in the third period we needed to, to slow the game down and our guys did a good job of that next up we'll go to David Alter of the Hockey News go ahead David 
Hey, Sheldon, not to take away from a win, but uh, I noticed William Nylander wasn't on for the last, say, 45. Was that situational, message sending, injured, or trying to get other guys in, into that situation? I would say a little bit of all of that, except for the injury. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Uh, just, just following up on that, Sheldon, uh, how would you assess Willie's play this season? I mean, I'm not going to talk about his season. I, I think we'll just talk about tonight's game. I, I thought he, both tonight and, and last uh, game, I, I thought he's had a lot of really good stretches. Where he's got good legs and he's uh, he looks real dangerous, uh, like he's ready to break out. Um, I just I didn't like you know some of the things here today. Once we got the lead as a team, I didn't think uh, we did great things uh, in the second period. But in the third period, we really got it uh, got it going the way we wanted to, and I didn't think Willie matched that. Next up, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. All right, fair enough. There's a bit of what Sheldon Keefe, uh, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, had to say. Gord, your thoughts on on the question about Willie Nylander? Yeah, and this is where the Zoom calls are a little bit limiting that way to, to mm-hmm. you know, go on. Um, because the, the one part was Sheldon Keefe, you know, made it clear that, uh, yeah, no, there was disdain. And then I don't want to talk about it uh, and that. So, yeah, I just uh, uh, I, I'm glad he's doing that. I mentioned it seems like more coaches are doing it right now. It's the ultimate thing you control is ice time. It's it's not a negative in a positive situation. I think it's always got to be looked at on all 56 games if someone's just not not doing what you expect them to do and know they can do. You, you've got to figure out ways to make it work. And Sheldon Keith spent a lot of time with Willie Nylander at the Marlies before as well. I always like to resort back to John Tortorella's quote from like a month ago. Uh, you'll know when I'm benching a guy. I said it last night on Twitter for <laughs> Sam Bennett. He's never going to give a comment, but yeah, we get it. I, I think our, our eyes can show and see that uh, Nylander is struggling. Uh, the consistency issues, right? He had a great start to this game. The second period really, really tapered off. So something to monitor in the next couple of days, Gord, as we got set, um, a three-game win streak, 14-3-2 after this 5-3 win against the Habs, and they have the Calgary Flames in town on Monday night. Yeah, and, and keep in mind the other night he put Nylander out there to get an apple, right? Late in the game, exactly. right, against Ottawa. Yeah. So he's, it's not like it's always been tough love. Boy, Calgary, there, there's, there's Toronto, there's Montreal, and there's just a bunch of I- intriguing teams, right? <laughs> Just, you know, what are you going to see? And right now they, have, they, they are trending the wrong way. And Toronto can put a, put a whole lot of hurt out in Calgary. Um, decades ago, they put a whole lot of hurt on Toronto. So uh, It's true. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see. Looking forward to that one on Monday. Right now they're the invincible in the Canadian division, Toronto Maple Leafs so far. The battle for Lanny McDonald. That's what we'll coin it, okay? <laughs> okay. There you have it. Uh, that's Gord Stellick. Maple Leafs Monday, Wednesday. We'll have Leafs Nation post game coming up on Monday night. Thanks to Luke Fox, Sam McKee, and Tom Young. Take care, everybody.